Media at SAFM with Ashraf Gardner. So that uh, already lots more to come. We'll chat about the new editor at Mail and Guardian. So big changes there. Remember, Nick Dawes off to the Hindustan Times in uh, in India. The brand book, Dr. Thomas Worthes, and we'll talk about that. And the internet usage, we'll probably touch on that as well with my next guest too, because it's important to what he does. Uh, it's grown by over 2 million in the last 12 months. We'll chat about that with the DMMA and get their thoughts on that. But uh, for now, we'll talk about uh, Cerebra. Before I get to, to them, just let me remind you, uh, feel free to SMS me on, on that advert, the Hall's uh, claim, Kimmy. But I have a sense that not only the advert, but that character uh, is going to become iconic. I think, I think she's, she's that good. And, and certainly anecdotally on the basis of what people have seen and commented on, on my Facebook page and Twitter and on the actual YouTube page for Halls uh, itself, I have no doubt they're going to love it indeed. Just a couple of thoughts. Um, the Revlon uh, Bonang advert, I wonder if you saw that one. Remember, of course, we chatted her a couple of weeks ago and she's very much tied up there to, to Revlon as an ambassador. Still debate about how she's got it with agencies arguing as well in the meantime. But the advert is, you know, very typical of, of Revlon. Isn't it? There you are, she's all dressed in red, almost like going to an Academy Awards or doing the type of work she does on, on top billing and uh, making the point that she needs the best designers, the best this, the best that but uh, she also has to be sort of made up well, and therefore then refers to having a very good foundation. Of course we're talking about a makeup foundation uh, indeed. Um, so it, it's very predictable let's put it that way but it certainly in my opinion works excepting I think the last part was, is very much the winner for them where you've got this, this huge Bonang uh, and someone who's very much played up now is this it girl in this iconic building rap that, uh, that has a sort of giant well not even giant size, that's wrong, almost King Kong size don't you think, um, wrapped up there in, the, in that dress, so it works, it's part of a series of adverts I think Revlon now will tie up with her, it'll be interesting to see where it factor, in fact it does go in terms of what it does for her brand and what it does for, for Revlon uh, and that combination as it works. The other point I mentioned, uh, that there's still a debate between DNA brand architects uh, as well as original agency in terms of who actually should have actually got the business, uh, that's another issue that Maybe we'll talk about later. Eleanor is saying the uncut ad on YouTube is a classic. Uh, and, and I thought this point too well worth repeating. Uh, Larry Kumalo saying, Brands are enablers for consumer stories. A great ad is about brand telling, allowing consumers to tell their stories. And in this case here, yeah, that story of the Holds One certainly does come through. Well, that's the advert having a story. But I'll tell you now that um, Cerebra, an agency, certainly has their own story as well. So let's profile them, who they're all about. Mike Stopford with me, CEO of uh, Cerebra. Mike, good chatting to you. Hi. Morning, Ashraf. How's it going? Good. First, met up with you when you were uh, uh, talking about social media maybe three years ago, I think. Uh, or, yeah, just about at, at a Facebook launch. Yeah, people were still coming in, and you were like this guy who understood it all. You know, uh, that's I very think kind of you. Two years ahead of anybody else. Uh, <laughs> that is very kind of you, and, and I think we were lucky in many ways that that we were quite early to to the social media trend. Uh, mm-hmm. And as brands cottoned onto that, and I think as Facebook and Twitter moved from being uh, new platforms to being mainstream platforms, um, that was very good for us as a business. But but our you know our journey over the last couple of years is is really about what's next because after all social uh, like print or television or radio is a channel um, and it's a way to speak to people and it's a great medium for connection and dialogue and conversation but I think if we're going to evolve how, how we use those mm-hmm. platforms we need, to, we need to concentrate more I guess on, on the impact of the platform on society on consumers, maybe even on our employees and colleagues and that's an interesting conversation Okay, so, so therefore in, in practical terms then and where does Cerebra position itself now? 
So we're still very much positioned as a specialist strategic communications agency, a focus very much on PR, digital PR and social media. But again, um, we believe that great communication comes down to great content. And uh, ultimately, if we're developing great content and facilitating uh, conversations with communities for our brands, mm, uh, mm. the channel is all but irrelevant. Uh, the focus is on great content. Mm. But you said the channel is irrelevant. Is, is the channel for you digital media as in social or is the channel... Uh, because I don't think you're involved in soft classic or above the line media. Are you? No, not at all. Um, I, I think I think specialization has been around those channels specifically because we understand some of the nuances of how consumers interact with brands mm. in those. Cha- and I think that's where the mystery has been. The mystery is not in the channel. The mystery is in how the channel has changed the consumer's behavior towards the brand. So, so it's not really about Facebook or, t- or Twitter. It's how are consumers. Uh, relying more on the recommendations of their peers for buying mm-hmm. decisions. Mm-hmm. How are consumers um, becoming publishers and as a result um, pseudo-celebrities online? Those are dynamics that I think are incredibly interesting to, to our clients. And when we unpack the meaning behind that and we quantify that, that's when they get real mm-hmm. value from us. Ironically, Kyle Lunga, who I've interviewed a couple of times here, uh, now ordinarily a guy like him who's been involved with Coca-Cola would not be known. I mean, he's a good example of I think Twitter made and, and suddenly is this, this iconic thought leader in, in, in that industry. You, you've used the phrase community, I think, three times already. Yeah. Right? W- what does that mean in terms of your work? So, so, so I mean, uh, uh, agencies will use words like target market or audience. I, I believe in communities. I believe that there are communities that are both explicit and implicit for brands. Communities we're aware of, communities we might not have even considered, but every brand has assembled around it uh, employees of that company, uh, potential customers, existing customers, stakeholders, investors, all of those are communities that interact with the brand via a number of channels uh, in a number of different ways. And our job, I guess, as um, Cerebra has been to try and understand those communities, the nuances mm. that drive them, um, and, and how to interact with them on a on an intentional and intimate basis as opposed to just a shotgun uh, sort of so, one-size-fits-all so Give me an example of, of some of your great success stories. So I think we're pretty proud of the work that we've done with Vodacom, uh, Nedbank, Toyota. Uh, we've been involved uh, with uh, brands like Woolworths on some crisis communication. But those flagship clients, uh, especially Vodacom and NetBank, and I think I want to speak about them specifically because social seems to be, or, or at least is a far more natural channel for those brands that are very much more luxury lifestyle. It's very difficult mm. for a, let's say, a Levi's jeans or a Aston Martin to do badly on Facebook or Twitter because there's not a hell of a lot of people out there that hate those brands. Mm, mm. But so even if they don't have it, they, they aspire to it. Yeah, and, it, and it's, ki- it's kind of a, a very natural fit and a very uh, organic process. But for a brand that has a large amount of complexity in the business, a mm. variety of different products, a big customer service engagement, risk, uh, and, and just you know, in terms of sheer volume, it's a different story entirely because you can't just use it as a broadcast medium. You have to acknowledge the power of the consumer, their voice, mm. Uh, and their agenda and and balance these two things together. So, you know, when people look at the successes that we've had with the likes of Vodacom and NetBank, those are very much, uh, it's perceived external success, but I think the success comes down to the work we've done behind the scenes mm. in the business in terms of education, uh, you know, broad spread ad- adoption or widespread adoption in the business, helping executives understand that social media is not some weird and wonderful... So, so give, give us the, the, the behind the scenes. I mean, what, what did you advise them? Okay, so, so uh, m- with many of these brands, the, 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 the engagement begins with, we 
want lots of likes on our Facebook page. And then it evolves to, wow, we understand that when we help people solve problems online, they feel differently about the brand. So it becomes a very qualitative engagement and ultimately evolves to, We've got 400 or 500,000 people on this page. Could this be market research? Could this mm. be market intelligence? Mm. So it evolves from being an engagement tool, an external engagement tool, to a business tool. And I think we realize, I mean, we're getting phone calls from these same clients that are saying, our employees want to tweet. Can you help us train them or guide mm. them mm. or empower them? That's an HR issue. It's not really a marketing yes, issue, yes, yes. but it's still a social media topic. So we get called into a variety of different briefs across the business that aren't necessarily creative or even communications based some of its governance compliance risk uh, collaboration but that's an exciting and, and I so, think so some parts of it is, is sort of actual advice in terms of consulting and other parts are executing of campaigns that, that you guys do on there 100% know. so there's four distinct parts of the business one is revolves very much around that advisory consulting piece then there's an analytics or insights piece uh, there is a, a business around content creation and community management that's the traditional agency uh, portion of the business and then last what we call the academy, which is where we facilitate training, uh, we impart IP, uh, we've developed a number of e-books, training courses in order to do that and effectively empower our customers to be social and not just outsource social. Okay. If you wish to join the conversation, uh, quick uh, calls are certainly welcome, 891 Otherwise, you can SMS me to 3471 and naturally you can tweet. If not, for us to read on there, just general uh, tweeting uh, most welcome and you can tweet to me at Ashraf Garda. You can also tweet directly to Mike Stopford. Same name, right? Just Mike Stopford. Is that right, Mike? Your, your Twitter handle? That's, That's where it goes, okay. And then Cerebra's got its handle as well, which is spelled C-E-R-E-B-R-A. So many ways, uh, certainly, to interact on the air and off the air. And if you're using, if you're tweeting to me as well, use the hashtag uh, SAFM Media. So, so let's talk about, about you. I mean, uh, uh, Rodney's also involved in the company. I've chatted to him as well. Craig, right? yeah, Craig Rodney. Uh, no, yeah. Sorry, Craig, that is right. So... How did you guys start the company? Well, well I, I began the business uh, in 2005 quite naively. I won't, I won't lie. I, I just saw an opportunity uh, mostly in the way that I was interacting with brands. So I was beginning to blog and I was beginning to, well, this was, I guess, before Twitter and Facebook, so mm. interact with wikis and podcasts. You, you were doing what at that stage? <laughs> I was working with uh, Tomorrow Today, their futurist strategy. In fact, Michael Moll's business, we were talking about okay. him earlier on. Right, yes, and uh, yeah. yeah, I was involved with them uh, doing presentations and consulting. And before that, a salesperson. So mm. um, had very little uh, agency experience, uh, but, but I think that was in a way an advantage. We didn't approach uh, building the business from an agency perspective. We, we looked rather to play the role of advisor, and I think that's actually served us quite well. Um, and, and, and yeah, it evolved uh, uh, rapidly. Uh, Craig and I then met uh, in 2006. Uh, his business, Emerging Media Communications, a more traditional PR and media communications business. We merged those two businesses, which brought in the, the, the more traditional strategic comms experience mm, and track mm, record. Mm. I mean, Craig launched uh, Google uh, in South Africa, worked with Oracle, worked with some amazing brands. Uh, and so that experience, I think, it just elevated us to a new level of expertise with our clients. W- w- when did you realize from, from just blogging that, uh, and as you said, you certainly did that before even Twitter and Facebook really hit the scene, right? That, uh, holy, there are, there's a social media market out there. There's this community of social media activists that are going to be hitting this country. When did you first cotton on to so that? It's a really great question. Ashraf, and I don't think I was able to articulate it until much later, but I had this big suspicion that something was going on. And it came down to two things. Number one, ordinary people were becoming publishers. 
So, so ordinary citizens becoming journalists mm, in inverted mm. commas, ordinary um, uh, as uh, bloggers mainly, right? Or, or whatever it may yeah. be. Yeah, mm. I mean uh, anybody that tweets or, or uh, updates Facebook is a publisher. But the second uh, interesting thing for me was that brands were being forced to acknowledge the humanity and individuality of their customers and also of their employees, and and that for me was the more important part because, as you know. M- few industrial age minded businesses are designed to scale for humanity they're designed to scale for process mm, and mm, system mm, and, mm, and mm. policy and, and so this has been quite a challenge uh, for them so, so, so our job has been helping quite simply our brands be better humans and I guess individually humans to be better brands um, and that, that's an exciting journey for us. When, when did you realize uh, when yourself and Craig Rodinan got together to form, to form Cerebra right at, at what stage did you realize all that we're onto a winning ticket here because I have a sense that no matter what, there must have been sleepless nights here. <laughs> Are we on the right track? Goodness, we're in trouble here. 100%. When did realize, okay, this is it. I guess we're quite proud of the fact that um, despite the fact that we've had to learn a lot of tough lessons about uh, just fundamentally running a business and having staff and so on, we got to the, the point where you know, we're 32 people today, it's a, it's a decent sized business and we still, we still don't have to call customers or really, uh, we, we very seldom have to pitch for work, we get called into briefs, we get called into uh, customers who know uh, that we, the kind of work that we do and our track record and and it's nice that we, you know, we have that little niche carved out for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I really enjoy that positioning. And I enjoy the fact that customers have a sense of security and, and, and understand that, that role that we play in their business. And, and that, in many instances, we require to work very closely with your more traditional, more creative, more even traditional digital marketing agencies. And that is a very comfortable fit because we have a, a, a highly specialized offering. And so do they. And we don't eat each other's mm-hmm. cooking. No, I mean, a, f- a few years ago, you know, you'd have agencies like, like Cerebra would be, you know, specialist sort of digital type or marketing. Now, many of the established agencies, I'm just thinking of guys like Ogilvy that comes to mind immediately, but there could be a whole range of others as well. They've all integrated within their companies a, a social media agency is part of what they do and integrated it right how much of a threat is that to, to your business so I think considering uh, you're not doing above the line no, they're doing what you're doing very good question and, 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 and an absolute reality and I guess 18 months ago I would have been quite concerned um, because I think we are very much still focused on how we help brands engage externally uh, using social media as a platform but our business has evolved so dramatically uh, towards empowering customers behind the corporate firewall with education mm. With uh, advisory or strategic uh, insights, that 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 part of our business, I think, drives all the other. Uh, our, our clients have realised that it's not enough to outsource um, uh, Facebook page likes or, or tweets or whatever to uh, to an external agency. They have to be social. They have to narrow the gap between mm-hmm. what they're promising online and who they are as a business. Because I think, and we can debate this, but I think there's massive risk in the gap that brands are creating between what they promise online as social brands, and what they deliver as businesses. So um, you, then, you then respond to, uh, you complain on air, or rather on, on Twitter, for example, and say, right, fine, email us, and, and nothing comes out of it. I mean, that's, it's a normal complaint. So, so what advice would you give, and I, and I assume that F&B is not your client, right? If, if, if for example, Vodacom is your client, Shamil Jusipo, I think, is on Twitter, and is the MD of, of uh, Vodacom. Yes, indeed. Uh, 
but is nowhere near as active, for example, as, as uh, Michael Jordan, the outgoing CEO of, of, uh, of F&B, right? Would you then advise Sharmil Joseph, for example, to say, come on, you need to play in that space now? So, so there's, there's three components to that. The first one is that I get called in probably on a weekly basis to two or three clients that go, we want, we want our CEO to treat like Michael Jordan. And I can completely <laughs> understand that. Because I think that brands look at F&B's ability to scale intimacy and humanity through Michael Jordan and go, wow, that's, a, that's an amazing competitive differentiator. But what they don't realize is that that was Michael's choice. I don't think it was something that was prescribed or a directive or even a strategic decision in the business. Well, I mean, I'll say this much. Having interviewed him, uh, he was very clear. He says, I just love social media. That's yeah. it. So it was, so, it was yeah, him. Very natural, very organic. Yeah. That then was embraced by the bank itself. So right? then trying to force a Shamil, as, a, as an example, to tweet... I think is, is, is counterintuitive and is only going to happen if Shamil himself elects to tweet. In fact, I was running uh, the nice and a half marathon the other day. I ran past mm. Peter Ace <laughs> and, and uh, Peter uh, stopped me and said, how are you doing? And I said, well, and he said, I still get tweets <laughs> from people with, uh, with complaints. So, so yes, uh, but that, that brings up the third component of that discussion is that what happens, I guess, when individuals in the business become bigger brands than the brand itself online because ultimately people want to do business with yes. people right they don't necessarily want to do and social media was built for people to connect with because people ironically I mean everybody I mean for example if I go back to the days of when Sunset just started everybody said well I know Uncle Solly as in Saul Kersner you yeah, know that idea yeah. that means to say I know that person directly that's what Interacting on social media allows you to say, absolutely, I speak to Michael Jordan himself and he replies. And where, where else would I so, get the chance to do that? All right. The problem is that, that people and businesses aren't inextricably connected. And at some point in time, they're part ways. And there's very little in terms of planning, guidance, continuity, or thinking even around, you know, it's all, let's get our CEO to tweet. Very little of what happens if he succeeds. Mm. You know, and and that's a more interesting so what's your discussion for me. In a case like that, so so I don't know, <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> it's it's it's, it's a, In fact, we're actually working with our lawyers at the moment to to develop a, a white paper which we're titling "When Corporate Brands and Personal Brands Collide." Uh, and it's part of the topic that I think we'll bring up. Uh, we were going to talk about our conference because it's a that, big that's topic. Yeah. About, so the conference is coming up on twentieth of August, right? Twentieth of August. Yeah, it's called Social Business Africa. Uh, we had a, a summit last year which we called the Social Business Summit, and the idea with the summit it was really to begin the conversation around social business or to define social business, the application of social platforms or social media as it's traditionally called and social principles, the values and the behaviors that drive successful engagement online to all aspects of business across the board, HR, finance, legal, compliance, risk, whatever it may be. And, and this year we're ramping it up uh, again. We've got an international speaker coming out, uh, Diane Hinchcliffe from mm-hmm. the Datchess Group. He wrote uh, the book Social Business by Design. Uh, he's going to spend, uh, spend some time with us. We're going to have um, a number of local experts and, and guys from uh, East Africa. We're going to have a guy uh, by the name of Mark Kaigua, uh, developed a, a, an excellent reputation for himself as a thought leader. So, so really a broad approach. And two things are going to happen at that conference. One, lots of thought leadership, lots of practical workshops uh, over the day. But second of all, I'm quite excited about this. We're going to be presenting findings uh, and insights from a report that we are doing at the moment uh, called uh, Cerebra's Social Business Africa Report. And the focus is on the external social engagement, so via Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn, mm-hmm. or whatever, and the internal social collaboration of Africa's top 200 companies by revenue. And then we're looking for correlations between commercial success Social collaboration behind the corporate firewall. So, yeah, do you have a do you have a social media policy? Does yeah. your CEO tweet those things? Yeah. Yeah. And then external social engagement. Do these things really correlate to social 
or okay. commercial success. Is, is the currency worth talking about? Indeed. Well, I tell you what, Mike, I'll certainly endeavour to be there. 20th of August, I'll pencil it in and, and please to tweet to me, ironically, in the light of what we're talking about. So I'll retweet that people need, need to get to that conference. That'd like be fantastic. Thank you. To, and that's in Joburg, right? That's correct. It's okay. going to be at the campus uh, uh, in uh, on Sloan Street. Uh, okay. Yeah. 20th of August. Make a note of that, I think, if you have an interest in social business. Very important. No, the website is socialbusinessafrica.com. Socialbusinessafrica. Okay, and check it out with me if you're stuck with anything. Ashraf at SAFM.co. Right, Mike, great chatting to you. I meant to ask you what's your next big thing, but maybe leave that for another time when you do have the next big thing. We'll certainly maybe pick up one or, one or two of the, the, the guys who are at the conference. We'll talk to them maybe around that time as well. Magic to right. spend time with you. Thanks, Ashraf. Mike Stopworth, indeed. Let's talk about uh, a new editor at a very important newspaper, the Mail and Guardian, right after this.